I'm Ben Clute. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington. Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives. We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You're You're listening listening to to the the Ordinary Ordinary to Extraordinary Extraordinary Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in to this as our first podcast. Um, We're just going to give you guys a little bit about who we are and what we do. And so, uh, like Stephen said, we're going to give you a little bit about our backgrounds, both personally and professionally, and I'm going to kick it off here. So... Ben Clunt, right? I'm native Spokey, 29 years old, family man, finance wizard, <laughs> <laughs> self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed finance wizard, I guess. But uh, so, I grew up in Spokane in a marketing family. Uh, my parents uh, started their their company 30 plus years ago, so I've known nothing else but uh, kind of entrepreneurialism and marketing. Both your parents work in the same office. They're going to bring that home. So the joke is I kind of got a kitchen table marketing education uh, <laughs> growing up from both having your parents in the same office and coming home talking about business, right? And then uh, when I was going to school, uh, well, I knew I had to go to school for college, right? It seems like you have to get a piece of paper to justify your existence anymore. And uh, so I uh, thought I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get something that I think is really valuable in either running a company or being a valuable asset to any company. So I figured having the marketing background, if I could juggle marketing and accounting, then I was going to be a true asset to any company that I worked at. So I went and got an accounting degree from Gonzaga. And as I'm going to graduate, and this is just a good life lesson, I tell kids this now when I'm chatting with them as they're going to college or graduating from college. It's like you don't have to know what you're going to do with your life, right? When you're in college or when you're even graduating from college or even the first couple of years after college, right? Because it's going to change. There's people that are 50 years old that don't know what they want to do. But And so uh, it was two months before I was graduating, uh, from GU with my accounting degree, and I remember sitting there thinking, like, I gotta find a job, I gotta get my life in order here, right? And it was, the, I mean, and through the accounting programs, they push you to go to the big four accounting firms, like, big four accounting firm, big four accounting firm. So a lot of my, you know, guys I was in, gals that I Moss was in Adams. school with went to, man, Moss Adams isn't even one of the big four, uh, went to Seattle, you know, California to work at these big four, the Ernst and Youngs, PricewaterhouseCoopers, all those. Mm-hmm. Life ones of the world, right? <laughs> Did you just throw up on the table? That was yeah. that was vomit. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so they all went there, and I, I I kind of just was reminded of why I even went to school in the first place, right? It was like I wanted to be able to run a company and, and be an asset any anywhere I'm at. So and it was juggling the marketing and the accounting. I wanted to know how to read a read a P and L statement, not do someone's personal tax return. And uh, I like people, so it was like, huh, wonder what wonder what I'm going to do with my life. And then I was looking at jobs on Indeed.com, and one of them was an account executive position at an ad agency, which was my family's background, kind of interested me. And then uh, these were basically the two that I had narrowed it down to, and then and then received job offers from. And then another one was a financial advising position at a company called Waddell & Reed, which out of school was one of the only companies that would give you a shot, right, at, at building a book. 
and uh, so I sat down with both, and uh, I, I decided ultimately that I wanted the Waddell and Reed job, and I wanted to cr- try and create my own business and make something, but it's 100% commission from the get-go, and I remember chatting with my parents like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I'm just getting married, right? Can like, you spot me? <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting married. They already spotted my college. They were like, yeah, yeah, you're on your own now, kid. Uh, but uh, so I was just graduating. I was, you know, by that point I was married. and go into that here in a little bit. But, uh, and then uh, looking at this job description thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get paid commission. This is super scary. But they they uh, they challenged me a little bit, whether they know it or not. And they're like, well, we were 27 years old when we started our company. It's like, okay, challenge accepted, right? And I knew I had to bring a million dollars in my first year or I got canned. Uh, so a million dollars in assets, basically, which is really not a lot in the grand scheme of things. And so uh, I did. I, I, I did really well my first year, and then the rest is kind of history in that. And I uh, about three and a half years into my working career with Waddell and Reed decided to make a move to a local firm, uh, an independent local firm named 10 Capital. So uh, very different from the large top down, fit in a box, here's how you do things. So found a true team mentality where we support each other, we've got each other's backs, and we're really, uh, really trying to be very involved in the community and do things different in an industry that's very archaic and old. But uh, on the family side, I'm married uh, to my wife of about eight and a half years. We got married. Uh, we wanted to be 21 so we could toast at our, at our wedding with champagne, not Martinelli's, right? So we did wait till <laughs> we were juice. 21. Yeah, so it's not uh, apple juice. It's, now it's just uh, fermented apple juice, right? But uh, so we got married and we were 21 years old here in Spokane. Both of our families live here. My wife's uh, a hygienist, dental hygienist, and... Uh, in a dental family, her father's a dentist, everybody's in their family likes teeth, it seems like. It's, it's seriously, <laughs> the car rides with them are riveting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just riveting. But so uh, I have to cover my mouth up every time yeah, I hear them? seriously, I just, they're like, yes, the diastema in the, you're like, what does that even mean? Can you spell that for me, please? What did you say, Ben? Uh, you can't hear me when my hand's <laughs> in front of my mouth? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, so married eight and a half years, just had our first son, uh, He's just over 10 months old now, so we're getting to experience all that life has with that. You know, learning to say a couple of words, starting to waddle around the house, wreaking havoc, learning what it's like to no longer be uh, dinks, the dual income, no kids, and all of your things that you had that were nice that are now going to be trashed by a little kid. But uh, so that's a little bit about me on the personal and business background. Yeah, Stephen Brown, born and raised in Scotland. I grew up, I've got five brothers. My entire life, pretty much since the day I was born, revolves around sport, whether that be football or soccer to you guys. Basketball is also a big part of my life. So yeah, I did the, the, the school thing, college. The school thing. And after that, at 21, and, and we'll get to talking about that at some point, I'm sure. I think Ben and I might be pretty close in our opinions to what we think about formal education and, and what path that's going down, that might be something we want if to talk about. If you get about. a college degree or a master's degree, <laughs> you are guaranteed success. Yeah. Especially um, if you get a PhD. Especially if you get an MBA. So anyway, back on to t- uh, a little <laughs> bit more about me. So 21, I, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Well, I did know what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a PE teacher at that point, mainly because sport was such a huge part of my life. And I'd been coaching since I was probably 13 or 14, coaching younger kids. I'd done some... Uh, coaching stuff through my courses to where I was pretty well qualified to coach football, soccer, 
and I had an opportunity to come to America for three months to work on soccer camp. We'd come over, live with some host families. Each week you would go to a different place. It was a super, super interesting deal in that I met some amazing people, stayed in some amazing places with very affluent people and people that were uh, very well connected in business, mainly because soccer is a middle to upper class sport. So after three months, I had the opportunity to extend that for six months. So I stayed for six months total, went home for a few months and decided I kind of liked this America thing. I did the whole visa process again and came out and sort of did a nine month stint, went home for another month, decided I liked it again and came back. So on that third visit, I was just coaching. I saw myself as a coach, had a sort of a, a career path set out to where I wanted to coach in college and, you know, be part of a big program. And that quickly changed with a discussion with a, the, one of my bosses at Challenger Sports. He asked if I wanted to move into sales. And my response, and this might make some people that know me now kind of laugh, but I told him I'm not a salesman, don't want to sell anything, I'm a coach. And his response... Which is salesmanship. Yeah, his, his response has stayed with me to this day. He goes, hey, to move upstairs in any business, you have to become a salesman. He says, whether you're talking about your product, whether you're... Uh, you know, trying to recruit somebody, whatever you're doing, he's like, you are selling. Yeah, perfect. And he'd, so he'd obviously seen something in me and basically pushed me to pursue that. So I ended up in the Chicago office of a company called Challenger Sports, selling uniforms, camps, clinics, basically what I had been doing for the last couple of years. I was now in the sales division. I looked after Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, and some other little outlying areas as well. So after pretty decent success there, I met a girl in Chicago who was actually from Spokane, Washington. So it's funny, the first time she told me Washington, my thought was, oh, Washington DC, I've been there. And then she says, no, Washington State, Spokane. My first thought, I couldn't find it on a map. I had no idea. You said Washington to me, I thought Seattle and Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and Pearl Jam. So yeah, next thing I know, I'm in this long-distance relationship for a year, get an opportunity to come and head up the Northwest Division for the same company. Did that. A year later, I found myself single in Spokane and decided I liked it here. I really do love where, where I live. I love this area. I love the people that I've met that have become like family because I'm a long way from my own family. Sort of moved away from Challenger Sports and ran a soccer club for three months right here in Spokane, or sorry, three years right here in Spokane. And it was exhausting. It was something I'd always wanted to do, and I knew I could do it well. But as many people find out, when you're doing something you love and other people don't necessarily have the same standards that you do, it can become exhausting. It was long hours, very little sleep, and I gained about probably 40 pounds. I got my heaviest in 2000 and late 2014. I was about 250 pounds and I decided to get out of that world and I took like a little three month sabbatical and then I found Heartland Payment Systems and I'm still in sales but what I've done since then is, is build a book of business locally, mostly locally, I've got customers all over the country, built a book of business here locally and now I am very well established in the local business scene so that's sort of a short version of how I came to be in Spokane and Ben and I have been uh, part of a lot of different groups together, whether it be formally or informally, or we show up at events and we're both there, or we invite each other to things to kind of introduce each other. Just very busy in the community, too. Yeah. Involved in a lot of different areas. Yep. So whether that be philanthropic events, networking events, or just, hey, there's a state of the city address, do you want to come and sit yeah. at the table with us? And we'll talk about things that have no bearing on our business whatsoever. We talk about this quite regularly. It's easier to work a room, so to speak. I don't like that term, but it's really what you're trying to do. 
when there's two or three of you. So we just talked about being able to introduce each other to different people. If I turn to Ben and say, do you know such and such? Invariably, he's like, no, but I know somebody that does. Yeah. And, and I talked about this this week. In Spokane, so there's half a million people in Spokane County, so there's no way that we can know everybody, obviously. But in the business world, I'm pretty sure between Ben and I and a couple of our other contacts, we can pick the phone up and get somebody's cell phone number with a couple of calls. You know, there's really no reason for us to say, hey, I wanted to meet that person and haven't been able to. And I guess our, our business goals are somewhat similar in that we want to be the best in our field. I'm sure you do as well, Ben. <laughs> yeah. You can... Um, I certainly so, want to be the best, right? I mean, I don't know. I guess for me, it's defined best, right? Like, I want to have a really good clientele base. I don't need to make the most amount of money in the city. Like, I don't have to be the highest paid advisor in Spokane. Well, in your but world... I want to have a really good quality client base. Yeah. I want to make a nice living for my family, right? And I want to be able to be there for my friends yeah. and family, too. In your world, if you're making the most money, lots of times you're not doing the yeah, best for your clients. you're not doing the best service to yeah. your clients, right? So, you know, and, and that's something that's similar with both of us and that our industries are kind of murky. There are a lot of our competitors, without naming any, that do not operate in a, a way that's above board. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of skirting with... Yeah, uh, we're both dealing with money, right? Yeah. So. They skirt with legality, they skirt with what is ethically okay and what pushes the boundaries. So, you know, a huge goal for me professionally is obviously to be the person that people can turn to, even if it's just for advice on, hey, is this okay? Are these guys fleecing me? Not necessarily financially, but they're doing this and they're saying this. You know, I think both of us take a consultative approach, but I think ethics is obviously, I want to be known as the most ethical credit card processor, at least salesperson in credit card processing um, in the city. I want to be the highest in sales on my team and perhaps in the state, which is a lofty goal because there's a lot of really, really successful people in, in, in my company. I, I mentioned it before. I want everybody to know what I do, why I do it, and how we do it differently and why we're more ethical and more upfront and transparent than other companies. I'm curious about you, Ben. Professional goals. Professional goals. Give me a, give me a little uh, tidbit here. And I think, so part of this, I wanted to say, part of the podcast itself, right, is maybe no one listens to this. <laughs> maybe a hundred thousand people listen to it. I don't know, but it, it it really is to hold Steve and I accountable. We were chatting like, "Hey, we need some type of accountability tool that's going to uh, keep us accountable." Huh, funny uh, <laughs> to our personal and professional goals, right? And so, if we're vocalizing these things and putting it out there in the interwebs, then hopefully we feel some sense of I gotta I gotta get up and I gotta work out today. Yeah. You know, I really gotta actually do something here. It's like. And I know the people I've talked to have said, like, wow, that's actually motivating. Like, I hopefully I can use that same accountability from your podcasts. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like, awesome. If that is the case, it works out, then awesome. So there's kind of just my two cents on the podcast. But so as far as professional goals go, I mean, mine is always take care of the clients that you have now, right? Because, I mean, so I, again, I'm, I make money off off of having a client base, right? And so I need to take, make sure my clients are taken care of and that they're making money and that they have uh, make positive financial decisions. So uh, it's, it's assisting those clients in making those positive financial decisions. I always say, think of me as your household CFO, right? So anytime you're going to make a household <laughs> decision, whether it be taking on additional debt, making an investment, even if it's outside of the stock market, right? Like I only get paid on the money I manage in the stock market. Consult me because it, it, it does matter. And I'm one of those weird advisors where it's like, I actually like everything that makes money. Not mm-hmm. just the stock market that makes me money, right? So I think I just I just have a a, a passion to 
for one, further my education, right, and the types of clients that I work with. So it's like when you work with more affluent clients, you get to have different areas. You're not just opening a Roth IRA and funding it at $5,500 a year, right? They have more complex financial situations. So hopefully it's to raise my average household uh, as a dollar amount. So, you know, if And you're not just saying, hey, what's your number? Yeah, you're not just saying, what's your number? <laughs> but it's so if, you know, if my average household is half a million, meaning that people have half a million dollars invested with me, hopefully I can raise it to a million or two million dollars, right? Yeah. Those are, those are lofty goals. It won't happen overnight. I realize that. And then it's always, you know, I'm seven years into my professional career right now too. And it takes five to seven years to actually get your financial advising business off the ground. If you are truly starting and building a book like I did from zero, not purchasing one. So, I mean, I'd love the opportunity to purchase a book as well. So if there's any advisors out there that are in their <laughs> early 60s plug. with uh, $50 million <laughs> under management or more, I would love to buy your book. Shameless or plug. Less, you know, yeah, shameless plug. I'm full of shameless <laughs> plugs. But uh, so, yeah, from a professional career, it's really take care of the people that I have, but also look at raising my average household uh, monies that I manage, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, continuing to build my book, you know, and not, we have new money goals every year. So hopefully I can raise those those new money goals, and I have been raising mm -hmm. them too. So, you know, I about six million million is about what I brought in this year. It's like I'd love to do a, a little over six million next year. Or and that's your best year it. ever, correct? Uh, it, my best year was so far was 5.7. It looks like I'll beat the 5.7 yeah. this year and be right at six million. So, this will be my, my best year in terms of new money in, right? So that's new assets under management, yeah. new accounts coming on board that equal six million dollars. So, so we we kind of we measure our success in our business world a little differently. But this year, twenty eighteen, is actually for both of us a banner year, and I'm also way over what I've ever done in terms of selling credit card processing, payroll, and the things that Heartland does. So we're both having a record year. So that's kind of why we don't want to get to January, February next year and fall off. You know, like rest on our laurels. It's more hey, how do we remain accountable professionally and go from where we are this year, which is a record year, to make sure that next year's a record year and the following year and so on and so forth. I think the way you put it too, which is nice, like we're not part, but like we are in no way at the peak of our careers. Like we're still very no. young, right? But we've achieved some relative success compared to most people in our careers. They're yeah. even established, right? But especially for our ages, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think most people would say I've done fairly well, at least, for someone who's yep. 29 years old uh, compared to most industry. Like, most people that are starting in finance don't go and build their own book. That's the hardest freaking way to do it. I don't necessarily recommend it, but uh, it's worked for me, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I'm making a good living and I'm taking care of my clients, and I think that's the same for you, Yeah. right? It's like you yeah. can go in and probably just find someone to pay you a fat salary at another firm, but you took the harder route, which is giving you more rewards. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to put this into perspective, both of us get paid 100% commission. So there isn't a salary there until we're established. So we do get residual income. And even then, it's not a salary Yeah. in the, the traditional term. Um, it's you get a, you, you, it can you have a book that's paying you. Yeah, it yeah, can it fluctuate. So, for instance, obviously in credit card processing, I get a huge bump in August. So my residual in September, because people are going back to school, can be huge. In January, I get a huge bump because people are spending money for Christmas. Yeah. But then yeah. January, February is usually a little less. So there's that fluctuation month to month in what the residual income is, which is why, as well as getting the signing bonuses when I sign people, and maybe this is something we can talk about down the road, how we both get compensated and, and sort of maybe we talk about comp plans in general and yeah. what people should be looking for. Because I do come across a lot of people that 
I can't work for you, I can't do what you did because commissioned. you're commission only yep. and I need a salary. So yeah. they need that steady income. So when you too. break it down and say, hey, you can make money right off the top, just, you just have to work your butt off. Loan debt, right? yeah. There's some things that truly are going to inhibit your ability to yeah. do what we did, and I get that. So we have to be cognizant of that. But to Ben's point, we both operate in a world that's, vi- I mean, both of our businesses are hard to work in. You know, stressful. The, the life cycle for people that aren't successful, I mean, a lot of people jump in and a year later decide we can't do this. A lot of investment firms will give a bridge for a year and say, hey, we'll pay you X amount for a year. But then after that year, we're pulling that and you're going to live off your commission type thing. And mm-hmm. that doesn't work. We don't do bridges. So, I mean, when we hire people, we have to be very, very upfront with them and say, hey, if you need to feed your family and you don't have two to three months expenses, because there's a ramp up process, right? It's not that they're not going to sell right off the bat. It's that they have a learning process. It's a tough industry to learn. You know, it's, it's tough to hire people on a commission-only basis. Yeah, um, it's really tough. And a lot of people love the idea of wealth from commission, but they don't like the idea of actually putting the sweat Five equity in. seven years that it takes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, on the professional side, we just want to keep improving and keep sort of... Uh, and, and we'll define this a little better maybe somewhere down the line. Well, like I was going to say, I think part of that is like, well, as we dig into more of these podcasts, maybe we re- clarify, restate goals. Yeah. You know. And then on a personal level, so I mentioned that I had gotten heavy. I'm in great shape just now. I'm strong. I have a little bit around the waist that can move just like most men that are over 30. It's a little harder to shift it. Talk about balance, right? Yeah. yeah. Um... And Ben is probably a year removed. So I remember he cancelled his gym membership and I kind of dropped him in it. This is a, a funny story. So he had a gym membership at one of the more prestigious gyms, if you like, in town at the Spokane Club. <laughs> um, and I introduced him to the new membership director at uh, the gym as, oh, Ben's a member there. And it wasn't until oh, after well, the conversation. Right. We were at an event. <laughs> after the conversation, oh. he comes up and says, I cancelled that last week, by the way. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we're probably a year removed from you having a sort of been steady well, in the gym. Ten, we're 10, yeah, at a gym. And I never was big into weights. It was, if I was doing something, it was like maybe 10 minutes of weights. He was a cardio slut. And I was, <laughs> we can edit that out too. No, we're and, keeping that. And I was on the elliptical or, because uh, sometimes the treadmill running outside would hurt my knees, honestly. So I would do elliptical. Yeah. That's what I ha- had done. And uh, I was actually doing really good on the elliptical before having a child. So that's something we'll talk about in this podcast is balance, right? Because yeah. we come from two very different spots in mm-hmm. terms of our lives right now. Like uh, yeah. I'm married with a kid, Steven's single. And mine is basically try to get in, in, in a heck of a lot better shape too. And I was telling my wife, like, I don't necessarily care to do this from a like aesthetic standpoint, like I have the tire too, right? It's like the tire around the belly. And yeah, I'd love to lose some of that tire so when I take my shirt off at the lake I feel good. But really it's uh, you know, I want to feel healthier too. I want to be able to perform better at work. I want to sleep better. I want to just not have my you know, yeah. different friggin' blood levels. I just got some more life insurance for because of you know, have a kid, you get more life insurance. You can come talk to me about that too. So that's another <laughs> shameless plug. I am licensed in life insurance, though it is not going to be ever what I lead with, uh, and it won't be whole life. That's for damn certain. Uh, but um, so no, my personal goal definitely is to lose. You know, I'd love to lose fifteen, twenty pounds, honestly. Uh, over this next year, yeah, uh, somewhere in that range too, and just feel better about myself. Uh, uh, somebody put put it one way is like basically, you know, and I I take a very true focus in business with this mentality is that 
know, it's like when you have all of these tools that you can use in business and you want the best tools, right, to perform at the best level, to make the most amount of money, take the best care of your clients and do a stellar job, right? So it's like, so why don't you take that same approach with your body? Yeah. And it was like, because it's a tool that you're going to use to be successful in business. Your body is, I mean, if you're sluggish after lunch because mm-hmm. you ate a burger or something at lunch, like... Bad life I'm never decision. sluggish after a burger. See, and I, <laughs> I am. love cheeseburgers. That's Dude. why I work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that balance, right? But if I have a cheeseburger at lunch, I'm drrained till like two thirty. Okay, so go for a little sleep, sleep. Your I'm desk. going night, night. <laughs> yeah, Stephen says. <laughs> Stephen's got these little things he's going to say. And you'll find out with his Scottish accent. <laughs> but uh, so no, mine definitely. I need to, I need to shape up a little bit. So. Yeah, and and on that. Um, but what are your personal goals? You didn't vocalize personal goals yet at all, and so, this is like so that I, I didn't. That's what I wanted to ask on the podcast. Like, what were your personal goals? So, from a personal be standpoint, it fi- uh, be it uh, it's um, so physical or not. We'll start off physical, and we'll get into more sort of life and things like that. So, from a physical point of view, I do want to be in the best shape of my life. So, I've uh, I've been lifting weights pretty steadily now for probably five years, and I've, I've been a gym rat and athletic and I've been an athlete my whole life so it's funny a lot of people don't expect me to be athletic um I'm 37 years old can still dunk a basketball um can run fast um very agile and I'm strong I mean I'm I'm stronger now than I was at 21 uh and Ben's been in the gym with me so I'm pretty sure he can sort of uh testify to the fact that I'm lifting big boy weights Uh, I I can't say though what you said as far as strength goes Um, on the podcast so <laughs> I'm like you have old man strength you're like no I'm not even going to say what you said we, we have fun at the gym so Ben's been in the gym with me twice and we're actually going to work out after this as well maybe we'll put a picture up um, and it's funny it, it's kind of been eye opening for me and we're going to get back to my personal goals we're, we're going to have tangents and but it's been interesting for me and in that I didn't realise how intimidating a gym could be because I've been in them my whole life yeah you know and, and I'm trying to be as... And we will definitely talk about some of our gym experiences yeah. and the class. <laughs> <laughs> of, of, I guess maybe class is the word um, for a gym? Yeah. So I'm trying class to... Um, I, it's actually been really nice for me because I'm taking what I did in school. Which I had no I'm, idea that your background was health sciences. Yeah. yeah. Sports science and, and physiology and such. So being able to use that, I think it's... It's, it's been enlightening for Ben and I'm trying not to be condescending I think a lot of people are very condescending in the fitness world um, but you and I both kind of have that you know dig at each other mentality anyways so yeah and, and we then, have to taper that a little and bit and we, we have fun with it you know I'm very cognizant of the fact that I enjoy working out with Ben so I don't want to be the guy that makes fun of him for not being able to lift this or you know we, we focus on form a lot right now um because I'm a big, weak guy right now. I'm <laughs> 6'4", 240 pounds. I'm a big dude, right? But a lot of it is form. So Ben, by his own admission, hasn't really spent much time in the weight room outside of using predefined motion machines. So those are the ones that you see a lot of the old guys using. And you know, <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. Again, not being condescending. But the yeah, machines jerk. that you sit down and you adjust the seat and you put the little deal in the little deal and you push and you pull and, yeah. you know... Those are, those are great. Out, right? You know, those those are great for getting someone started. But you know, he's evading, like he's getting going around talking about his we'll personal get goals and what his we'll personal get back goals there, are. Because I know exactly why you're asking, and I, I do, actually don't know why I'm asking. <laughs> so I want to know. Um, what, so yeah, from want to be in want to be in the best physical shape of my life, and you know, the coaching side with Ben is great. So it's actually forced me to be a little more cognizant of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it because now it's. It's always been results-driven, but now it's got to be super results-driven because I have somebody to compete against, and I'm very competitive. 
So from a personal standpoint, beyond the fitness stuff, I am single at 37 years old. I have five brothers. I have four nephews, five nephews, sorry, and three nieces. My brothers are, were Catholic, can you tell? Um, I don't think my parents had TV when, when we were young. <laughs> hmm. they, were, uh, they were entertaining themselves in other ways. I don't have any kids. I don't have a significant other, and I sometimes joke that I'm chronically single, but I'm happy. Would I like to settle down? And, and Not that I'm not settled, it's just would I like to be with somebody else? Absolutely. But, and this is a big part of this, I will not change what I perceive to be a good life. You know, I'm happy where I'm at, unless someone's making my life better or at least keeping it status quo. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an element of pickiness. There's a definite reluctance to jump into some of the stuff that I see couples that are not in healthy relationships deal with on a day-to-day basis. You know, and I think that everything's cyclical, but when it's a bad cycle, when you... There's, I know people that have had three or four serious relationships in the time it takes me to, you know, you know three months, three, four months, and it's like... Yeah. They finish with one and jump in with the next one. Which is kind of funny. I'm not even sure you could call those a serious relationship. Yeah, but three, I mean, four month time. you know, they, they put the label on it. They're, they're, and oh, they're exclusive. They're yeah. serious. Yeah. And I date. And I think uh, I learned this a few weeks ago. And, and one of my good friends, Brian, um, actually laughed at me and was amazed that I was kind of completely unaware of it. But I am a, an intimidating person and in that I understand from the social aspect that I know everybody or try and know everybody and it's my job to know everybody. But that, that's very intimidating to some people and I have to be really aware of that um, mm. and, and adjust my mentality and know that not everybody's comfortable in social situations like that where I can open people up and talk to them and get to know them real quick. That helps in sales, obviously. And there's other things that, you know, I, I'm pretty unwavering. Ben Ben made fun of me for this. He's like, you're a very matter-of-fact guy. You say something, and that's the law in my mind. Good, bad, or different. <laughs> so yeah, on a personal level, I would like to meet somebody. Hard to articulate what I'm looking for, Here, but I'll know it when I see it. Can I? Well, that's that's just it. Absolutely. You'll know when you see it, right? And yeah. So your point of like, hey, I'm not going to be with someone that's not going to make my life better. Yeah. That sounds selfish, right? But you're independent and strong enough, and whoever you meet, it's just like Lauren and I, right? It's like we're both confident in who we are. Mm-hmm. So you need that same thing, right? You can be your own individual, and they can be their own individual. But together, you're a couple, okay? I know that sounds like, oh, well, well yeah, that's the definition, right? But no, truly, like, you're a couple. You can still be Steven, the independent guy who watches sports, and she can still go out with her friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. But together, you can be a couple and exactly. have your life together that shares that's good right yeah you don't you shouldn't have to sacrifice the things that you enjoy in a marriage I because you're in a, in a marriage and right whether it's a marriage or just a long-term friendship anything, partnership, right you know? anything and i think that that's like we wouldn't be friends if i felt like oh my god you drain <laughs> you drain the life <laughs> oh, out i'd of definitely me, right? drain the life out of you some days <laughs> well that's fine that's dude that's that's every relationship marriage included lauren i love you i'm not saying you drain the life out of me every day but that there's going to be some days that it's like it's harder than others right yeah yeah just i think that's that's what i struggle with you know i think that today in today's world at least there's certain expectations put on relationships and through social media and other mediums people only portray the positive I feel you very rarely see the Facebook negative. And Instagram, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of couples out there that you think everything's great, but when you actually spend time with them and sort of look a little closer, you kind of you're taken aback. Like, oh, this this isn't what I saw on Instagram. I think it's important to remember that when you're looking over the fence, 
it's not always, you know, the, the grass isn't always greener. Yeah, there might um, be a facade put up. When, when you look at someone's social media or see them sort of uh, portray fish. something that's, yeah. that's not necessarily the truth, it kind of gives you pause. But I think there's, that, that creates these false expectations, you know, between that and things like you watch these reality TV shows, which I never do. Again, a lot of times they edit out the negative things to show you this charmed life and people want you to believe that it's all rainbows and butterflies and, and that's what everybody wants, but it's well, not the case. And I think you want to talk about that's part of the podcast, right? Yeah. Is to talk about like the idea that like hey, pain and suffering aren't negative things. There are things that you need to yeah. go through in order to be better. Yeah. Right? And in all aspects of life. So that yeah, there's a there's a simple formula for this and it's uh, stress plus rest equals growth. And that can be yeah, physically or it can be I've not heard that. It can be physically or in business or in relationships. So, and stress comes in all shapes and sizes, right? In the physical sense, if you lift weights, that's the stress. And then you sleep and you yeah. take care of your body and you rest and you're going to grow. You're going but to grow physically. And, yeah. and in the business world, you work hard and then you take well-earned rests and there's always that growth afterwards and during, mm-hmm. right? So stress plus rest equals growth. Um, sometimes the stress... It doesn't, I mean, immediately produce results, right? You might stress and rest and then, like, and the results? Oh, crap, where's the results? <laughs> results? But then the, the, the part of this formula, right, is, yeah. and then repeat, yeah. right? And, and some stress of the rest. Plus rest equals results. Maybe results we should yet? add Do in. Do it again. Maybe we should repeat add until, in. until results happen. Stress plus rest plus patience. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> plus patience. Perseverance. They don't always happen right after. So we, we've tried to define my personal goals here. I really just, on a daily basis, want to be better than I was yesterday. And I know that's kind of cheesy and very kind of, what should we call it, cliche. But, you know, I go to the gym for a reason. I you know, uh, there's a lot of self-education, there's articles, there's podcasts, there's videos, there's books. And I surround myself with people that are prolific in their own fields. There's a the whole concept of standing on the shoulders of giants. In my own industry and in others, I want to know and work with the best people and be able to, you know, when someone needs consultative advice on their business, I want to be able to reach out to the best in the, any any mm-hmm. vertical and say, hey, this is who I know. And here's why they're the best and here's why I recommend them. Yeah, on a personal level, there's just lots of self-improvement. Super open to, to finding myself a, a nice lady. I probably should have clarified that lady. I don't live an alternative lifestyle. I'm definitely <laughs> into women. <laughs> and yeah, I, w- I want to be the best I can possibly be personally. So we're going to share our journey. And the reason we talk about the journey is I think any time... By journey, you mean both professionally and pe- personally. Professionally yeah. and personally. So we're going to share a lot. We talked about this social media thing. And, Again, and this is accountability for us. Yeah. <laughs> as much so as we're going to share like the good and the there. bad. So when one of us is feeling like, oh, I don't want to train today, or... Like me right I now. I ate a cheeseburger today instead of a salad type thing. Now, that's, that's normal, right? We're going to show you the balance. We're going to show you the negatives. You know, when we're having a crappy day, we're still going to talk about it. We're going to share those experiences and the positives, you know? Mm-hmm. you know. So when, when we have an, an amazing experience, we're going to share that too. But the concept behind this entire thing... Because that'll get boring if you have to listen yeah, to us talk about that all the time. Is to get... <laughs> is we, we talked about a podcast and it was like, well, what's the concept? How do we get people to buy in? What's going to be interesting? And we feel like there's more emotion attached to something that depicts a journey. You think of the best books you've ever read, the best movies you've ever watched, the best radio that you listen to. You know their story you've listened to them for either a long time or you start because you hear the concept and it's like, that was a cool journey. So we want to create a journey that we can share. Obviously, there's what's happened before 
is part of the journey and we want to share some of that. But we also want to project and share what we're going to do moving forward. Through 2019. So yeah. this is kind of a 2019 commitment. Not that it's a New Year's resolution or anything like that. It just happens to be the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so... Well, that's our that's our goal, but part of it is you know we said we're we're pretty connected right in the community yeah. and everything too, and uh, is there's a lot of people that are a heck of a lot better than us at their jobs uh, in their respective areas at least, and uh, so let's see if we can bring some of them in to share their journeys too right because everybody has struggled at some point everybody has had successes at some point so hopefully we can bring them in and, and I'm talking people that we might not otherwise get to always chat with so we're gonna try really hard to get some names that. I mean, might not normally go on a podcast even, too. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get them. If, you, if there's anybody that you can think of, send us a message, too. That'd be kind of fun. If there's anybody out there that we're not, we haven't had on a podcast yet that might be fun to have on a podcast, let's see if we can get them on. And, we, you know, you can reach out to us on social media. Um, you know, we we'll, we really try and um, get you guys to understand, not just understand, but be part of this, be interactive with us. We want not just the best in their field, but we want people that are able to influence us and the knock-on effect to that is to influence anybody that listens yeah. to us. Well, and hopefully those um, that live a balanced life too, right? Yeah. Exactly. I think part of it for my personal goals that I didn't really share too is like I want to spend more time being intentional with people too, right? And taking, honestly, it's like, hey, market closes at one. If there's a friend out doing something or I want to go and spend some time with some guys riding mountain bikes or something like that too. It's like, go and take those times every once in a while to do that rest yeah. part, right? And it doesn't have to be just on a Saturday that you'd rest. Like that rest and those those fun times that build you up can be in any time, really. Mm-hmm. So it's like being intentional to, to go and take those times of rest, yeah. which I haven't done a good <laughs> job of, if I'm being and, honest. And beyond guests and, and that kind of thing, you know, we, we're going to talk about what we think are pertinent topics to everyday life, um, things that are sort of proactive as well as reactive. So as things are happening, it would have been funny six or eight months ago to, for Ben and I to talk about cryptocurrency. Lots of people were asking Ben about it. I spoke about it quite often with people. And it's a, agree or disagree, it was a bubble. And, you know, we, we didn't buy into it. And it wasn't something that either one of us was really interested in. We know some people made money from it. Our philosophies are a lot different from buy low and sell high it's uh things like that whether it be cryptocurrency or topics about that we've thought about like maybe i'll share some experiences from my relationship world dating and so on and obviously ben has a different perspective being married and settled and so just lots of lots of tidbits for you guys that decide to listen to this to take away Thanks for listening to the first Ordinary to Extraordinary podcast. This is the beginning of us sharing our journey and our insights. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and that some of our viewpoints were impactful. We love feedback and like to hear your thoughts as well as suggestions on future guests. Reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook at O2E Journey. That's O, the number two E Journey. Until the next time, be good to yourself and each other.
about the Joker and the thief. I said, I'll tell you all the story about the Joker and the thief. I said, oh, that was all.